Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, parachutes ready. Boy, the things I go through to get auto loan rates as low as 1.04% APR for 36 months on new vehicles with PenFed. You are aware that you don't have to be a military member to save hundreds on your auto loan, aren't you? Anyone can join PenFed. As someone terrified of heights, I probably should have looked into that. Probably. Drop me off at the shore. PenFed Credit Union. Visit PenFed.org slash autos or call 1-800-247-5626. Advertised rates available through the PenFed car buying service. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard.com Pop Shop Podcast. My name is Keith Caulfield, and I am the co-director of charts at Billboard. Joining me, as always, is Billboard.com senior editor Katie Atkinson. Hi, Katie. Hi, Keith. How are you? I'm good. How are you? (laughs) I'm doing well. I'm a little bit hoarse. (laughs) A little hoarse? A little uh, American Music Awards hangover there? (laughs) That's not the AMA theme. What is that? Did you hear the AMA theme a lot? Don't put me on the spot with this AMA theme. I do not know what it is. All last week, I I always confuse the Entertainment Tonight theme with the American Music Awards theme song. I don't know why. Well, you just sing that. (laughs) Yep, that's totally it. Um, The Billboard Pop Shop Podcast is your one-stop shop for all things pop on Billboard's weekly charts. In addition, you can always count on a lively discussion oftentimes with horse voices about the week's big pop news fun chart stats and stories and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop on this week's show we have an interview with uh, actor singer and star of stage jonathan groff yeah he's a a personal fave of mine and the pop shop and um, i spoke to him uh, over the phone he called in to talk about um his role in Hamilton. Have you heard of Hamilton? Have you heard listeners? of Hamilton? <laughs> you may have heard about this this uh, blockbuster <laughs> musical that's on Broadway right now and effectively sold out through next spring. Yeah. Um, he uh, has uh, he's in the show, um, which you may have seen it on the cover of Billboard. You may have heard about it. Um, it's kind of popular. <laughs> so we talk about him returning to Hamilton. Um, actually, on December first, he's uh, he took a month off uh, from the show and he's returning to the show uh, on December first in the role of King George. Uh, we also talked about him filming the uh, Looking movie for HBO. Uh, we talked about um, a little bit about Frozen, the sequel to Frozen, uh, uh, because the songwriters behind Frozen uh, uh, tweeted him or tweeted about him the other day and about a song that they potentially wrote for him. Um, we talked about a lot of stuff, and he was just lovely. So we'll have that interview a little bit later on in the show. Um, also on today's show, we have a recap of the American Music Awards, which Katie and I were both at. That's why we're a little bit hoarse. Um, 
and chart stuff. Oh my gosh, Adele is set for an amazing, historic, humongous week on the Billboard 200 chart with her new album, 25. And Justin Bieber is taking over our charts this week. He's number one on the Billboard 200, and he's all over the Billboard Hot 100. People so are just setting records left and right. Yes, it's the most wonderful time of the year. <laughs> um, but first, some housekeeping notes. If you enjoy the podcast, please subscribe to the show on iTunes so you won't miss an episode. And while you're there, give us a rating or review while you're at it. If you have any questions for us, feel free to tweet us at Keith underscore Caulfield or at KT Atkinson. And if you want to explore more from the world of podcasts at Billboard, visit iTunes.com slash Billboard Podcasts. So... Let's American Music Awards. Da 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 no no. <laughs> the American Music Awards. We were recording this on Monday, the twenty third, the day after the American Music Awards. Katie and I were both there. Uh, I was um, on the red carpet doing um, interviews, and I was mm-hmm. also backstage in a little um, like video lounge area where we talked to a few, you know, a few people you may have heard of. Talked to a few people on. Have you heard of One Direction? Yeah. Have you heard uh, of Jennifer Lopez? Yeah, maybe the Carrie Underwood. The carry and I rounded a corner and Diddy was just chatting with Keith. Like this is this <laughs> is, is how I am. Oh, did work. you? Oh, did yeah. <laughs> I came around to the video lounge and right there, I was like, oh, there's Diddy. There's uh, there's Diddy chatting with Keith right yeah. now. So he was great. He um, he was um, I I didn't intend on necessarily talking about him, but he had um, uh, he had a, a really really great quote about Adele because I was asking him, you know, as a as a businessman who has also sold boatloads of albums, um. And someone, you know, who who really is, you know, like been around in the industry is like, what is it can we learn from Adele? Yeah. And he basically said, it's about the music. Yeah. You know, it's about how the songs are connecting with people and the emotions behind them. And that is what's selling the record. 100%. It's it's all about the music, stupid. Yeah. He didn't say those words. <laughs> what he said was way more eloquent. <laughs> um, and but but that was, yeah, I mean, it, we had some great interviews. Um, Katie was in the... Uh, press room, which was sort of uh, around the corner from where I was at backstage. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's sort of hard to describe the way it's set up, but basically, the press room for the American Music Awards was a big tent on top of a parking garage. Yeah. Um, it doesn't sound very glamorous, but they dress it up very glamorous. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so inside this tent is a whole bunch of little outlets that have little, like, Eight by eight rooms, like Billboard, The Insider, Access Hollywood. One-on-one lounges. Yes, one-on-one lounges. And then also inside there is that room where you see all the photographers take pictures. Oh, man. And then also another room. That is a chaotic room. Chaotic room. (laughs) If you look at Katie's uh, Twitter feed, you'll actually see some pictures, some videos. Yeah, I snapped because we were right next to the photo photo room. And so I snapped a few videos of Ariana Grande and of One Direction with, you know, just those crazy flashbulbs going and, you know, them being adorable. Ariana blowing kisses and... Harry sticking his tongue out at the photographers and being over it in general. Yeah. But, uh, um, yeah, and then in the press room itself, we had, it was actually very country-heavy in our press room, we had uh, Florida Georgia Line stop by, Sam Hunt, Carrie Underwood, and those were the biggest names. So the country people were really good to the press room last we, night. We talked we really to all three of those acts that. in the in the one-on-one lounge <laughs> as well. Um, Carrie, Carrie Underwood had an amazing sort of, like, superhero cape 
Oh my god! Action going on. Also on my Twitter feed actually is just a glamorous shot of her her, her train, her sequined train. And we actually asked her in the press room, you know, how she was navigating this crowded award show, wearing this you know dress that followed her by another like ten feet. And she's like, people are respecting the train. That's her answer. <laughs> people are respecting the train. Like when she, when she walked into our 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 booth, our lounge, I was like. That looks heavy. She's like, you know, it's not. She's like, it looks like it is. She's like, but they're just, um, they're, it's just like, it's a lot of glitter. Yeah. And she's like, it's not like, it's not like crystals. So it the whole, th- it's gorgeous. very light. It was gorgeous. It looks very nice. Yes. Um, I think probably, um, I mean, uh, well, let's, 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 let's circle back just for a moment. Let's talk about, I think, some of our highlights of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, Jennifer Lopez hosted the show, um, Triple Threat, J-Lo. Yes. Um, I think most people would probably think that she did a bang-up job. Oh, yeah. Um, she opened the show with amazing sort of like a dance tribute medley to the year in music, basically. I thought it was so brilliant because it's kind of like when you have like Neil Patrick Harris hosting and you have him do the little song and dance all number. all the Tony Award nominees or something. Exactly. And like this was like playing so to J-Lo's strengths. It was like, let's bring out like the greatest dance pop star like of the last you know, whatever decade, right. and have her just dance her ass off, basically, and that's what she did, and yeah. it was it was awesome. Um, what are what are some other highlights for you? I think you mentioned like Selena Gomez was a highlight for you, maybe. Yeah, I I actually like immediately uh, hit up our chat room. Uh, you know, we had a, our whole team at, at Billboard working last night, and I immediately hit up our chat room. Like, is she singing live right now? Because she sounds impeccable. Like, and everyone agreed. Yeah, she was she was singing, and hmm. and she sounded amazing. She had same old love, right? Yeah, same old yeah. love, and it was a very cool performance. She had all these, uh, you know, it was very glam. She had this huge staircase and these male dancers all standing on it. I, I thought the whole thing was really cool, and and it was like one of the greatest vocal performances I've heard from her. We have a list in front of us of all the performances from last night to refresh our memory because everything is always a haze at these <laughs> award shows. I want to talk about Megan Trainer and Charlie Puth. Though. Oh my god. <laughs> Like, the only thing I saw, because we were backstage, so it's really hard to see all the performances. And as I was walking past, I turn around, and I see them suddenly making out for about, like, 15 minutes. I actually left the press room to go make sure Keith saw it. (laughs) It's like, Keith, you have to know that this happened. I was like, the pooth. What's going on with the pooth? Why are you doing this? Um, but the thing that uh, we actually, uh, our, one of our Billboard editors, Shirley Halper, and she was backstage as well, and she caught Charlie for a quick little audio interview backstage and talked to him about it. And he's like, she's like, did you rehearse it? You know, being like, <laughs> oh, did this happen a few times? And he's like, oh, we rehearsed it a lot. But he actually said, like, we had to rehearse it because we're best friends and it's weird to make out with your best friend, but like, she's a good, great kisser. But he was like real cool about it. He's like, it was strange because we're best friends and we made out, but. It's like, why would you do that though? I know. You, if you're best friends and you know it's going to be weird. You get all grabby with her too. Like, and it went on for a long time. <laughs> I'm like, why are you, you don't have to do that. It's just no, because they kissed in the video. There's so many. Well, so he said also to Shirley that, um, that his intention with writing the song was that he wanted to make a song that like everyone was just going to start making out the minute they heard it. That was like his point with the song. And so that was what he the, was the trying to The feeling just overcame him, even though they were just best friends. But you have to say like, there's, you know, a lot of performances here by a lot of big names and we might not be mentioning this performance had that not happened at the end. No, that's all, yeah. you know, so. That's, that's true. 
<laughs> That's true. <laughs> yes. Um, other other highlights of the show. There's there's some collaborations that were uh, you know things that people had never heard before. Um, Alanis Morissette and Demi Lovato did "You Ought to Know," yes. which is Alanis's you know sort of signature breakthrough song. Yes. Um, Macklemore and Ryan Lewis uh, joined that Leon was Bridges. Really good, and they debuted a couple songs too that yeah. were both really good. It was so. called Kevin, which um, I asked Leon Bridges about that actually on the red carpet. Um, and I said, are you on the album then? And he's like, I think I am. <laughs> I was like, unless they delete your vocals. It's like, so he'll actually be I on the... I doubt they'll be deleting Leon Bridges' vocals. Yeah, we never know. Um, and then Luke Bryan and Karen Fairchild of Little Big Town did Home Alone Tonight. There was, you know, a number of... And in addition to the Megan Trainer and Charlie Puth collaboration, there were a lot of other collaborations yeah. on the show. Um, and also some, you know, big names just, you know, performed on the show. One Direction performed perfect. They won uh, the top award of the night, Artist of the Year. Mm-hmm. Um, and we also actually talked to One Direction uh, backstage. And I want to play a little clip, a little audio clip of our chat with One Direction. So here is uh, me talking to 1D at the AMAs backstage. We're coming up on Thanksgiving here in America. You obviously have a lot to be thankful for. I would love to know what you are thankful for this year. Wow, I'm thankful for... Aside the... from being cover man on Attitude Magazine. Seriously, you know, I'm just thankful for having to spend time with these guys over the past five years Stop. and all the things we've done. We've done some great, so it's, so, it's so good though anyway. It's like, you think about it. It, it is, is and so you know insane. what? In, in reality this year we've you know we've had um we've had an interesting year and our fans have been incredible for us and have been throughout all the year been great for us. So throughout yeah. all the years. Throughout all the years. All, the years. all, all of them. This year in particular. All, all five plus years. Yeah you can't and you kinda of can't believe Thank it's you. been five years, I think is is the most crazy thing. And to be at this point where we're going on a little break to spend some time with our families and still yes. getting to win awards like this like you can't put that into words it's indescribable and I don't understand how it works it's crazy it's the fans Harry the new album thank you those are the words the new album did incredible in its first week number one in the UK sold more copies in its first week in America than four did in its first week how does it feel to sort of go out on this sort of mini break with such a big huge album mini break it's a mini break I think think that was really important to us um, to do that and when we started it we definitely set out to make an album that we were very proud of and now that it's done um, we're very proud of it and we think that it is our best one that we've done so far and uh, and we're just very happy that people seem to be liking it so far so thanks to One Direction for stopping by and speaking with us they're a lovely lovely gentleman that's a pretty uh, good get Keith it's a nice get it's they, a nice get they didn't really talk to very many people backstage no. they talked to us and like Good Morning America and I think and that was it and why should they and why should they <laughs> they're One Direction they're One Direction <laughs> they can do what they want they don't have to do a gosh darn thing right now <laughs> um, uh, we also actually talked to um, the host of the evening uh, Jennifer Lopez um, we grabbed her to talk about you know what it was like to, to just host the show yeah um, and she had a very very funny comment um, so here's a J Lo talking about hosting the show and also talking a little bit about her residency in Vegas, which starts on, I believe, January 20th. Uh, so here's a J Lo backstage at the AMAs. What an amazing night hosting the show, performing. Nuts. How do you feel right now? Nuts. I feel nuts. I feel tired, and <laughs> but I had an amazing time. You know, I love the American Music Awards. Everything I said tonight in the show about it really inspiring me when I was younger um, is so true. I remember sitting on the couch with my mom, watching Diana Ross come out, host the show, and have like all of these like feather boas on and everything, and her Bob Mackie gowns, and I was just like, oh my God, look at her. And I just, I don't know, it was always very inspiring to me. So to be able 
able to do this tonight. It's not something I would have kind of chosen to do, like, let me host. But when they asked, I thought, oh, maybe it would be something really beautiful to do and to pay tribute to the other artists of the year. And, you know, that's what I did with my opening performance and just kind of not try to be a comedian, not try to be anything but myself and just play to my strengths and pay tribute to all the great music and artists of the year. Um, you speak about gowns and everything, which next month, or actually January, your residency is starting. Yes, yes. Have you got, how far along are you? Are you almost done the, with the planning process? We, we have been in conceptual planning for months. Um, we started rehearsals about three weeks ago. We started workshopping different numbers and with choreographers and different people. And uh, I start rehearsals on that this week myself. My dancers have been rehearsing in my band for a few weeks now. But we, we'll be ready. We still got a couple months. <laughs> We're going to be all right. Thank you. That was uh, Jennifer Lopez backstage at the American Music Awards talking to me about hosting the show and uh, also about her residency in Vegas. You know, one of the things that I also appreciated about JLo's hosting um, job on Sunday night was that um, she would do those little interstitials where she would grab someone backstage and be like, coming up, we got this person or whatever. And she, those were so much fun because she actually knows all these people and right. she's a superstar and they love her. And so like, f- instead of those just being this obligatory thing, they ended up being actually really cute, fun moments mm-hmm. throughout the night. So it, I think it helps like in any of these shows where you have a host or an MC that is someone who is like a really like well-known person yeah. that you know that there's like a rapport that they yep, have. So the like, camaraderie with their other, yeah. When you when you see Ryan Seacrest or you hear Ryan Seacrest do an interview, like you already know that there's a rapport there from like a you know 15 years of American Idol, mm-hmm. him being on the radio, all the, like you know that he has a relationship with these artists. And then you have J Lo, so like this person's like actually star struck about the host that yeah. they're that they're talking to, as opposed to just feeling like oh, I got to talk to this person now. It's like, I, oh, I get to talk to J Lo. I do have to say, in terms of the starstruck. Um, <laughs> That's a great word. <laughs> the, on the starstrucky quotient, yes. Love, on on the on the sliding scale of starstruckiness, <laughs> um, uh, th- because this was the second time I talked to Jennifer Lopez, mm-hmm. I felt less sort of eh, like crazy about it. Yeah, because um, we we talked to her less the, intimidated. Yeah, because w- it was weird. Because that uh, it's it's I don't know how it's hard to describe. It's just because she's like such a she has such a sort of aura aura yeah and and it's not because like you're nervous that she's gonna be like mean or it's like no she's like nothing but lovely you just want to respect her you want to like make sure you do the interview justice yeah (laughs) and so when we talked to her at iheart you know we were like oh we're gonna you know someone said oh you're gonna get j-lo i'm like yeah well we'll see if that really happens (laughs) because you know it's hard to get some a-list talent sometimes because they're very busy yeah and then she came over and she talked to us and i was just like i in my head, like I, all the questions I asked were perfect. It was great. It was lovely. I mean, at least I thought it turned out well. <laughs> and then afterwards, I was like, "Wow, we just talked to JLo. That was yeah. pretty great." And but I still had that feeling. Like I get that feeling every so often. It doesn't happen often, but you get that sort of like ooh feeling yeah. of like, "Oh, it's a big star." Like when I like when I met Janet Jackson oh, a few my weeks God. ago, or when yeah. I talked to Madonna for the first time. You have that sort of you get a little butterfly moment. Yep. I generally don't with most of these people because I'm just doing my job and I just want to ask them questions and they're doing their job. Right. We're all in it together. But now she's just Jenny from the block. Right. You. <laughs> but but I, I, I but she was old she, pals. She was funny and it was just cute and um yeah. The best. I can't she's even such be- a pro. I can't even believe that she was able to just sort of like, all right, I finished hosting the show and now I'm gonna do press. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> God, just like I don't you want to put like a robe on just and just another go part lay of the down? Day. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um and then, oh, who else? oh, we also talked to uh, Five Seconds of Summer. Can't forget Five Sauce. Five Sauce. Uh, we talked to Five Sauce on the red carpet. Um, 
I I jokingly asked them about if they have their own sauce yet. (laughs) Someone had to ask. And um, uh, Michael Michael Clifford in the band was just like, you know, we're trying not to be a joke band (laughs) yet. (laughs) We keep doing things that are really jokey. Um, But I also asked them a serious question just about how, like, the past year has been so big for them. And um, uh, here's uh, Five Sauce talking about their amazing year and how uh, great it's been for them. Can you talk about... I want to know, this year has been incredible for you guys. Another number one album. Um, you just released a home video. Uh, came out like a week ago. What has the past year been for you guys like? Have you been able to process it yet? No, I, I always say to Luke, I don't think we'll be able to process what's, what's happening to our band you know, until we're like 40. Um, we just work hard. We work as hard as we can. We don't sleep in too much, and we just get stuff done. We try to see as many people as we can. We try to write great music, and we try to make our performances just as good as, you know, just as good as they can be. Uh, and they're the main things that this band focuses on. And there was a Five Sauce on the red carpet at the AMAs talking to me about their amazing year. Whew. Man. That's a lot of stuff at the That's AMAs. a lot of stuff. And we could talk about the AMAs for the entire show, but we can't. There were some, there's some big things to talk about. Yeah, like um, Adele. <laughs> for instance. For instance, Adele. <laughs> we're actually going to talk about next week's number one album, before we actually talk about this week's number one album, just because it's that big. Yeah. So Adele's 25, which we've talked about, oh, I don't know, a few times. <laughs> it finally came out last Friday, uh, November 20th. And currently, as of Monday, industry forecasters suggest the album could sell 2.9 million copies <sighs> by the end of the tracking week on Thursday, Thanksgiving Day. That would instantly make it the single largest sales week for an album since Neil Muse- Nielsen Music has been tracking sales in 1991. Uh, that would beat the record of No Strings Attached by NSYNC, which debuted with 2.42 million copies in its first week and is the only album to sell more than 2 million copies in a single week. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> if the numbers are right, she beat this previous record by a half million. Yeah, and she would also instantly have the biggest selling album of 2015 after one week. Like, <laughs> by far. Oh, my God. And also, uh, um, in general, do you know how many albums are sold in America each week? I, I mean... Somewhere between four and five million. I was going to say I could wager a guess, but yeah. So, so if... if <laughs> So if normally, like on a good week, yeah. 5 million albums are sold, and of that, nearly 3 million... <laughs> are one person. So like, let's let's say like 8 million albums are sold. Yeah. So like, of those 8 million albums in all of the United States, 3 million of them basically will be Adele's 25. Yeah. Yep. So like, once every how many seconds an Adele 25 yeah. <laughs> has been sold in America. <laughs> like, we'll, we'll have all of those crazy statistics... Uh, this weekend on Sunday when we are scheduled to reveal the official sales figure for Adele's 25. Um, we normally announce that on Sundays. Um, with what's happening with Adele and yeah. kind of the historic nature of it, we might... Could uh, be a little early. We could be a little early, but you know we want to make sure that we get those numbers right. For sure. Someone actually tweeted me a, a question um, a- about why it takes the United States longer to announce sales figures than every other country because like the uk announces their number ones on fridays yeah like okay now i'm curious why is that because we're so big it's (laughs) part of it it's a legit question and and it and the thing is it takes it just a because we are the largest music market in the world there is simply a lot of data to sort through yeah 
And that data that Nielsen Music sorts through, mm-hmm. it has a lot of um, a lot of stuff attached to it. Like we know, okay, so like we know what the album or song is, what zip code it was sold at. Was it sold through a digital retailer? Was it sold through a physical retailer? Was it an independent retailer? Like they have. Did you buy it from a van outside a concert? Yeah. <laughs> Did you buy it at a merch stand? Um, and and so they have to be able to sort all of this data from thousands of providers um and they also have to vet all that data to make sure that there's nothing wrong with the data yeah make Um, sure there's no repeat data make sure yeah was there a bulk purchase that showed up somewhere that shouldn't have been Mm -hmm. was someone trying to play a fast one somewhere is there a game being played did Adele buy one million copies on her own (laughs) because she can she's got a lot of money totally could Ah, 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 ah. it's my Adele cackle I don't know about that (laughs) Ah, ah, ah. it's more like a Dracula cackle I don't know if I vouch for that (laughs) (laughs) she's got a great cackle um so yeah but it's it just it just takes a a little bit longer to process all that data and so that's why we don't announce it actually until sunday because that's when they actually just don't finish processing the data until then it's not because we're sitting around on our hands just you know killing time keith would love to not work on the weekend (laughs) he would love to get that data done friday (laughs) i'm like i work through most of the weekend (laughs) writing these stories so yeah i'd love it if i couldn't but you know um so that's why it takes us a little bit longer. But yeah, so on Sunday, we're expected to announce that Adele will have the biggest sales week ever in Nielsen music history. We talk about Nielsen music history um, because it's 1991 to the present. Um, we don't really have authoritative weekly sales data before that. Yeah, it's just hard to track it. Like, we just don't know. We like we can assume that Michael Jackson's bad probably was selling like hotcakes its first week, but we don't actually have an right. authoritative figure. Yeah. Um, that said... Mm-hmm. What's number one this week on the chart? Uh, Justin Bieber's one Purpose. Senior Bieber. One Senior Bieber. <laughs> um, yeah, Justin Bieber's Purpose debuts at number one on the Billboard 200 chart dated December 5th. It did 649,000 equivalent album units in the week ending Man. November 19th. Of that, 522,000 were pure album sales. Man. Which not only is his best sales week ever, but it's the largest sales week for any album since Taylor Swift's 1989 debuted. Wow. Which was a year ago, and that was over a million. And it's also the biggest week for an album by a male artist since Eminem's The Marshall Mathers LP 2 debuted with 792,000 back in November of 2013. So... Anyone wondering if this whole Bieber comeback is a real thing? You now has their answer. Questions have been answered. Yes. Um, also, incredibly, um, uh, One Direction's album debuted at number two. Um, and I have its number here somewhere. Hold on. I'm going to find it. One Direction, they start with uh, their new album, Made in the AM, debuts at number two. 459,000 units, of which 402,000 were pure album sales. That sales figure is actually larger than the debut of their last album, Four, yeah. which came out a year ago. So they actually improved, yeah. even though they were number two, which is crazy. Well, and you said that if they had released this album any other week this year, I mean, aside from Adele week, wouldn't right. they be, have been number one? I mean, well, not any other week. Okay. But I mean, they could Not have, Drake week. Either one of these people, <laughs> like either one of the acts could have come out a week earlier yeah. and they would have had a number one slam dunk. Yep. Clearly, the interest in the... Um, you know, sort of, quote-unquote, battle for number one, uh, drove sales. I mentioned that in my stories. Nobody loses. Both of these albums did better than anticipated. Um, And One Direction debuted at number one in the UK. In the UK, in their homeland of of the UK. So 
they're doing fine. <laughs> yeah, don't don't worry about them. They're doing just fine. <laughs> um, elsewhere on the actually on the Hot 100 chart, I'm trying to find Gary's story here. Um, Adele's "Hello" is still number one for the fourth week, but Justin Bieber has three songs in the top ten. Um, All of which he performed, right, at the AMAs? Um, or what, was it? I, I Let's make sure if that's true. Yeah, I don't know about that. Um, sorry. Sorry. Uh, what do you mean? And Love Yourself uh, okay. is actually a new as, one. As opposed to Where yeah. Are You Now. Got it. Yeah. Um, only two other acts have charted at least three songs in the top five at once. He's a, he's a numbers two, four, and five. The Beatles did it. Um, and 50 Cent also did it. Wow. Um, also, <laughs> get this. Justin Bieber has a record 17 songs on the Hot 100 this week. I, I'm having trouble wrapping my head around that one. It, that's so that's so insane. Yeah, there are 18 songs, I believe, I think on the deluxe digital edition of Purpose. Mm-hmm. 17 of them are on the chart this week. Wow. That beats the record of the most concurrently charting songs on the Hot 100, which was uh, 14, uh, which was a tie, actually, both... Drake and the Beatles had the record. Um, now, you know, obviously the Hot 100 works a lot different than it used to because the Hot 100 now is a um, anything can chart any song based on streams or track downloads. Back in the day when the Beatles were out, you actually had to have a physical single, like a seven-inch final single out. So it was a lot more difficult to have yeah. so many songs on the chart. Um, now in the digital era with so many streams, uh, streaming songs, like streaming-only songs or digital-only songs, uh, you can actually have multiple songs chart at you know one time, a little bit more easy. But um, what also helped Bieber was that he, uh, I think it was the day after the album was released, he did, was it like a video per hour for each song on the album? Yeah, they were like dance videos. And actually that's what he also debuted at those events he did across the country. Oh, the, at, the, at the Purpose At the arena events. events yeah, and so he he played all of those dance music videos there and then released them all after the after the Staples Center events in he, L.A. He certainly generated a lot of interest. Uh, he pulled out all the stops for he, this album yes. album release week for he, sure. He and it a, worked. He Yeah, he, he went into this with a purpose. Ah, there it is. Ayo! <laughs> It's not just a tattoo. Um, it's also an album title and his life mission. He's got a lot of tattoos. He's <laughs> got a lot of tattoos. Um, well, uh, boy, oh boy. <laughs> so uh, in, in any other week that we would talk about a, a whole lot more about Adele and Bieber and 1D. But, uh, I feel like our listeners just need to take in all that information. <laughs> it's like a lot of records and a lot of 17 songs. Milestones. And... Um, so make sure to check out our stories on Billboard.com. Gary Trust wrote two different stories about the Hot 100. Um, they're, they're both up. Uh, one about Bieber's historic week on the Hot 100, and then one just about um, him having three songs in the top five at the same time, which is ridiculous. Um, it's a good week for Bieber. Um, <laughs> but now I think actually it is time for... Our interview with Jonathan Groff. I think so. Yay! Um, uh, Jonathan uh, called in uh, to me uh, last week sometime. I apologize for the audio quality. There's there's sort of a delay between when I speak and when he speaks. It's that it's that delay that you get when you're talking to someone who's across an ocean, but he wasn't actually across an ocean. Um, 
<laughs> he was just in San Francisco. Um, but I think once you get past that, you'll it's fine. Um, so as I mentioned earlier, we're talking about how he's returning to Hamilton on December 1st uh, on Broadway. Uh, he took a month off to film the Looking movie for HBO. I'm a fan of Looking. Um, it's a TV show that I really like a lot. Um, and it, it ended after its second season, but they are going to come back for a movie, um, which they just finished filming the other day. And I guess it'll probably be on next spring sometime. Mm-hmm. We also talked a little bit about um, him possibly doing a solo album. He's still not convinced that he should do that. We're trying to convince him. We're to trying that. to convince him to do it. And he's just like, oh, well, it's an interesting idea. Um, it's not really, it seems like something he wants to do. But you can hear him talk about that. And we also talked a little bit about sort of rumblings of uh, the Frozen sequel. And he uh, played coy a little bit, I think. So here's our interview with uh, Jonathan Groff. Soon you'll see, you remember you belong to me. You'll be back. Thank you for doing this. I know you're filming right now uh, so thank you for taking the time out of your schedule to take a few minutes to talk to me of course it's my pleasure um you're in san francisco right now filming the looking movie correct yes i got out here at the very end of october and we're here for another like week or so shooting the shooting the wrap-up movie don't say wrap up because there's always a possibility it could go on. So you never know. You never know. <laughs> oh my God, Keith, I love the way you think. Okay, I won't. I'll stop saying it. I'll just say, yeah, we're here shooting the move, the movie of Looking, the first movie of Looking. You never know. There could be sequels to this movie. It's not the end necessarily. That's so true. No, I love that. It's been so. It's been so. Um, emotional being back because after the show got canceled we all kind of had like you know a lot of us live in new york a lot of the actors that work on the show live in new york and we had gotten together and sort of like cried and whatever (laughs) and and to be back has been really so fun and and like so emotional it's like it's hilarious we're all just like crying at every turn it's been really entertaining <laughs> yeah is, is there is there a slim chance uh that we'll get patrick to sing a little bit in the movie uh that is not drunken karaoke Ooh, <laughs> i do uh sing i do sing i do sing in uh-huh. the movie although it it does dip into the drunken karaoke land no, that's 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 the best possible scenario. Um, um, I actually talked to Russell Toby a few weeks ago uh, because he's now on Broadway and he sings a little bit on stage, though. Granted, it's a very very small bit. Um, and he said that he saw you in Hamilton and he said that you're genius in it. Um, and oh. that obviously must be exciting. Yeah, at some point in the next week or two, you'll both be on Broadway at the same time. I know he actually just. He's doing View from the Bridge, and he he was just here yesterday. He flew out on the day off, and we did all of his scenes in one day to fit them in for the, the day off he had from the theater. Um, and so I just saw him, and we had the best time, and we talked about how much fun we're going to have when we're both on Broadway in December. It's like, what are the odds? I'm so excited, and I can't I can't wait to see his play. I've heard such good things. And um, I didn't know that he sang in it, so that makes me even more excited. Yeah, he sing, well, he 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 sings like you know four lines of of an old song, but of course 
you know, that was the reason why Billboard, of course, wanted to speak to them because he sings on stage even for like 30 seconds. So it counts. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. There you um, go. <laughs> so you're returning to Hamilton on December 1st in the role of King George, of course. Um, King George, of course, of course. How long do you anticipate being with the show? Because this thing is like sold out until like next spring so far. I mean, you could, you guys could probably keep doing this until 2000, you know, 20 for all we know. I'm yes, I'm meant to come back as King George, but I've been really pitching hard to come back as Angelica Schuyler. Uh, <laughs> so we'll see how that goes. But if that if that doesn't work out, um, then yes, I'll be coming back as King George. We actually did. Lynn does this thing before. It's like after matinees, before evening shows, called the Ham for Ham Lottery Show, where we like perform for people that are. There's a lottery every day, two hours before the show. That's the front row of the theater for ten dollars a ticket. And uh, Brian Darcy James, uh, who was the original King George off Broadway, and then myself and Andrew Reynolds, who was replacing me for like the five weeks that I'm gone. The lip sank to the Schuyler sisters, and so that was like the beginning of my pitch to be Angelica. So we'll see how that goes. <laughs> um, but but there is no um, necessarily like an end date for the original Broadway cast. Like I, I know that's like sensitive to talk about, but I mean you guys are kind of in it for the long haul for as long as you want to be with the show. Oh, yeah. I imagine. Yeah, totally, totally. I yeah, they're. I think we all, you know, sign contracts in the beginning that last a year. So I think at least until then, most of the people will be around. Um, but yeah, it's it's like it's so awesome to be a part of something that is successful, not because there's like a famous person in it, or not because you know it's like a revival of something, but just that it's like really fresh. That a show that's just like fresh and original and really great writing is selling out in this way is such a it's such a testament to obviously the show that Lynn has written and such an exciting thing in the theater just that there's a show like this that exists right now and it's really fun to be a part of so I imagine all of us will will keep doing it for a while I I was going to ask that because it seems like you know every every so often I don't know how long usually we have to wait but we get a show that reaches a whole new audience that doesn't normally come to theater shows or doesn't isn't really in tune to musicals. And, you know, you can certainly look at a show like Rent or a show like Hamilton where you're reaching people that you wouldn't normally reach. And that must be especially exciting for you as a theater geek um, who grew up on show tunes to actually be able to reach so many people that you wouldn't normally get to necessarily reach in a traditional show. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it, the the uh, Hamilton is it's like a it feels like a once in a lifetime experience for everyone. I mean, even like when we were in previews and after we opened, the CD had not even come out yet, and and the audience was screaming with excitement and joy when the lights went down. So before the show even started, people were freaking out and they didn't even know what they were about to see, <laughs> and it's just. It's just, it's been so, like, extraordinary to be in the room where that sort of energy is happening, and it's it's unbelievable. I mean, it's really unbelievable. And then, thankfully, you know, I think, and we've been hearing this a lot after the show, is that the show, thankfully, kind of, like, lives up to that sort of anticipation and that hype. Um, but it's exciting when you're, 
when you get to like be a part of something that is more than just a sort of musical or more than just a piece of theater. It's really like, it's a really kind of like a cultural marker. Yeah, totally. What did you make of the success of the the cast album? Because it debuted at number 12 on the Billboard 200 Albums chart. It was the highest debut for a cast album since 1961, which is insane. Um, that must have been especially, like, cool to see the cast album do so well on the charts. Yeah, it's so exciting. It's like, it's like everything. It's like this show is so much bigger than all of us, and it's amazing to kind of watch it soar and see how it's embraced and and yeah like i i was someone that grew up listening to cast albums so i would often buy them but the fact like you said even earlier that like this has like reached the mainstream not even in theater terms but also in like album sales is also just really extraordinary to us did you know that you've been on six different top 20 charting albums now on the billboard 200 chart I did not know that. <laughs> yeah, awesome. I mean, yeah, I, I, I figured I would surprise you. I'm like, did you know, Jonathan, that you've been on uh, four top 20 Glee <laughs> albums, uh, many of which were number one? Of course, the Frozen album, which was number one, and then Hamilton, which was also a top 20 hit. Um, yeah, look at you. Still, still we're not going to get an album okay. from you, but, you know, we can hold out hope. <laughs> Maybe someday. Maybe someday. Uh, Maybe someday. Maybe someday. I know I've asked you about that before, and you're like, it's not really where I'm going. Uh, you know, not, not yet. <laughs> if someone gives um, me well, a really great idea for an album, I would do it. But I, I just don't, I haven't like, I just don't know exactly why I would do one. But but I still think you should just record. Idea, I would go for you should record one of your, you know, when you do like your sort of the one man show kind of like, you know, show tunes, talk to the audience. Uh, cabaret theater sort of thing. You can just record that as like a live experience, like a live album. All right, maybe I'll do that. <laughs> or not. I don't know. Reindeers are better than people. Sven, don't you think that's true? Yeah, people will beat you and curse you and cheat you. Every one of them's bad, except you. Um, la- last thing I want to ask you, and then I'll let you go. Um, uh, Bobby Lopez and Kristen Anderson Lopez tweeted the other day, um, that they wrote a song for Anna and Kristoff, um, and they tweeted, and I, I know you're not on Twitter, but I'm sure someone had to have told you about this by now. Uh, they said uh, they were apologizing to Groff Sauce for the lateness. Um, so what is this song? I'm assuming it must be for Frozen 2. Do you know anything about this thing? I, <laughs> I have no idea. I, I, I'm not, you're right, I'm not on social media, so I'm, I'm like a little I would say it maybe is for Frozen 2. Maybe it's for the... I know that they're also in the middle of developing the stage musical of Frozen. So well, they specifically said Groff Sauce, though. And unless you're in the Broadway show, I don't... You know, they must be specifically referring to the film because they called you out. I'm guessing, maybe? All right. Well, that's exciting if that's true. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, love, I love the... I don't know. Ask, ask Bobby. Maybe he knows. <laughs> I know it's like I'm I, the social media thing. I'm just like not, I'm not like plugged into it. So I'm I'm a little a step behind in certain ways. But I'll have and to I'll like have to email them and be like, you know, Billboard told me that you're writing me a song. WTF? Yeah, <laughs> thing. Blame it on me. 
Um, well, I appreciate you taking the time. <laughs> I know you're in the middle of shooting, and I, I wish uh, nothing but the best for the rest of the shooting of Looking. I'm a big fan of the show, and I look forward to seeing it next year whenever it comes out. And, of course, I look forward to seeing you back on Broadway in December in uh, Hamilton. Yes, Keith, when are you coming? Uh, I, as soon as I can it? find a seat. It seems to be kind of sold out. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true, yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, sir. All right. Pleasure talking to you always. Thanks for chatting. Bye-bye. I will not make the same mistakes Thanks again to Jonathan Groff for calling in to the Pop Shop podcast. Groff sauce. Groff sauce. Groff sauce. <laughs> now it's like Linda from Bob's Burgers. Linda, Groff sauce. Groff sauce. All right. All right. It's our new hamburger, <laughs> the Groff sauce burger. It comes, it's, it comes with a frozen aioli. <laughs> and uh, we, it costs, what's, Hamilton's on the 20? <laughs> oh, yeah. 10, actually. It's on ten, and it costs $10. <laughs> yeah. All right. Now, if you listen to our Halloween episode, this all makes sense because Katie dressed up as Linda from Bob's Burger. It doesn't need to make sense. It doesn't need to make sense. (laughs) We're just making funny voices. Um, You know what time it is, Katie? What time is it, Keith? It's time for the chart stat of the week. All right. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So this week... In 1995, Whitney Houston hit number one on the Billboard Hot 100 with Exhale, Shoop Shoop. Oh. Shoop, 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 We actually wrote about this in uh, this, uh, this past week's issue of Billboard. Um, so I'm going to read a little bit uh, to you from the story. Uh, quote, I said to myself, okay, he has shoot me now. He has run out of words to say. <laughs> and that was Whitney Houston at a press conference in 1995 about Babyface, uh, who wrote and produced uh, Shoop Shoop. Impeccably using shoop as a verb. He, shoop, <laughs> he he's, shooped me he now. He shoot me now. <laughs> he's run out of words. And then, actually, we got a, we got a new interview with Babyface. Yeah, I was going to say, you got to get online and check out, uh, we have a whole... 20th anniversary of Wayne Exhale uh, piece by Trevor Anderson on the website. So yeah, Trevor wrote Trevor wrote this this piece about um, Shoop Shoop uh, Exhale going to number one, and he got a new interview with Babyface, and um, Babyface basically says uh, it's true that he had run out of words. He did shoop her. He shooped her, <laughs> um, and he actually said, "I couldn't think of any lyrics at that point." Um, and the song was actually inspired by Bruce Springsteen's Streets of Philadelphia. Oh, wow. Um, he, he heard the song, and he, and he thought it would be great to have sort of a, a haunting song like a Streets of Philadelphia that kind of had that vibe. Um, and his quote was, there was a hauntingness to it, and I thought it would be great if Whitney had a haunting song. I started shoop-shooping, and then the <laughs> lyrics just started to make sense. Amazing. So um, that was actually her 11th and so far final number one single on the Hot 100. And it actually debuted at number one. Um, And I remember, I actually remember when it did debut at number one because the chart was really competitive that week and we weren't sure. I didn't work here yet. This was 1995. I was still in college. But I was was looking at the charts. I'm like, is she going to make it? Is she going to debut at number one? Is she going to get to number one? And she did. And it's one of those songs where you think, like, I don't know. 
Like, you think, like, soup, soup. It's not an instant hit. Like, no, you don't hear it and think. But it's an earworm. Totally. And it's just one of the, it, like, it really holds on and it really I mean, endures. you and I both started singing it soup, immediately when soup, it was mentioned. <laughs> and I can just see her in the video going, Malo. Yeah. You know, yes. her just throwing her hand up in yes. the air. And like, she looks so great. And yes. that, that movie is so much fun. That movie is great. Such a good movie. Yeah. And that whole soundtrack is incredible. I, I That was... I think I must have been in middle school, and my jam was Brandy sitting up in my room. Well, yeah, sitting in my room. Oh, my God. You had, um, uh, what was it, Not Gonna Cry? Yes. From uh, Mary J. Blige, right? Was that? Or, yeah, that's no, that's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Is it? Yes. Well, now we're... <laughs> I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to yes, cry. I'm yeah, not going to yeah. shed no tear. Yeah. I think it is. I hope so. Neither of us has a phone. We can't put on the Jeopardy music to search this one. <laughs> but I mean, you had, there was a Tony Braxton track. Yes. There was three different Whitney Houston tracks. There was the Brandy track, uh, Mary J. Blige. It's definitely worth checking out 20 years later. Yeah. And oh, and, sure. read, and read the interview with Babyface online. Oh, absolutely. So yeah, this week in 1995, Whitney Houston hit number one on the Billboard Hot 100 with Exhale, Shoop Shoop. <laughs> ah. <laughs> Malo. Exhale. Exhale. <laughs> Everyone falls <laughs> in love sometimes. Yes. Sometimes it's wrong, <laughs> but sometimes it's right. Take it away, Katie. I'm, I'm good. I'm over here. I'm all good. You're just giggling just over there. Shoop, 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 all you gotta do is say um well we will be back next week the people want us to stop singing at yes, this point yes that is actually what's happening um katie do you have any parting words oh man uh just uh thanksgiving i'm really looking forward to it it's gonna be a beautiful week and i can't wait to see how many albums adele sells Good Lord, yes. Um, everyone, if you uh, celebrate uh, Thanksgiving, you have a very happy holiday. Eat lots of food. Watch a parade or two. Watch that dog show. Oh, I always, yeah. I always I love, love that dog, dog show. show. So good. I really do, too. Um, I forget which one it is, but there's like two it's of them. It's Westminster, right? Well, there's like two that come after the there's Macy's There's two thing. dog shows? I think so. Oh, my God. There might be competing dog shows. All right. I'll be watching both dog shows we're watching, then. We're watching Macy's, <laughs> dog shows, eating more food Mariah than we Carey really should. Mariah singing Christmas songs on Macy's Parade. That's yes. right. I'm so excited. Counting those Adele albums as they roll in. <laughs> um, let's go out. On, do you want to do something different than Whitney Houston? Do you want to pick a song? I actually do want to pick a song. Oh, okay, great. I saw Coldplay this past weekend, and they debuted a bunch of new music, and I'm obsessed with their new single, so we should definitely go out on Adventure of a Lifetime. Well, there we go. We'll go out on Coldplay. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.